You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, everybody. Welcome into this week's edition of the MLB Extras Blue Jays podcast. Tim McMaster here. Along with Gregor Chisholm, our MLB.com Blue Jays reporter, uh, we're going to start our position-by-position breakdowns this week, Gregor. Um, There are, obviously, we'll make our way around the diamond between now and spring training. We're going to kick things off in the outfield. Before we get to that, though, there's not that much time left before spring training. And every team kind of has questions still to answer. There's a story up on MLB.com about that. And the question for the Blue Jays is, has Russell Martin played his final game in a Toronto Blue Jays uniform? What do you think? You know, I I don't think he has. Uh, It just doesn't seem like, you know, things have surfaced enough. Uh, That really can change uh, over here in the next couple weeks. But I think the emphasis for the Blue Jays is getting some sort of resolution before the start of spring training. I mean, you would just like to get some clarity uh, in terms of who's going to be your 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 catching duo uh, going into camp, especially when you're trying to ease some rookies in like Danny Jansen, uh, Reese McGuire. Uh, You've got another competent backup in Luke Maley available. So clearly um, all of that makes Russell Martin expendable. And and I think quite frankly, similarly to to what happened with Troy Tulowitzki, uh, you know, I really think the Blue Jays would like to move on from this. I mean, they would just kind of like to to open the door for those rookies to get more playing time. I think they'd like to avoid the distraction that could happen this spring uh, with some potential, uh, you know, just the stuff in the media with with reporters constantly going up to, to Martin and kind of seeing what his status is and whether or not he's happy in a part-time role. I mean, Danny Jansen is the catcher of the future. The, the priority is going to be getting him playing time. Now the question is going to be whether or not they can move out Martin for some of the other pieces. But, uh, you know, nothing's happened yet. Uh, I really think the Blue Jays might have to be a little bit patient here. And, and you know, if there's, a, if there's an injury uh, to another team uh, in spring training that opens up a need for another catcher, and then Martin clearly becomes available. There's no question the Jays will have to eat most of that money. Uh, it's just they've been willing to, to eat a lot of that contract now for several months, and the deal is yet to materialize. And so if one hasn't happened yet, uh, I think signs are starting to point to the fact that, that Martin uh, you know, might be arriving in camp with, as a Blue Jay. And if he arrives in camp, then there's every reason to expect that you know, on opening day he's still going to be there. And one of the reasons we're not starting our position-by-position stuff with catcher is because of just that, just the unknown for right now, and we'll see if we can, if something does happen uh, in the next few weeks, and we'll cover that position for sure. All right, let's get into the outfield, because it is an interesting one, because it's kind of an outfield in flux right now, Gregor. Center field, it's the guy that's been out there for years. He's maybe one of the, the faces of the franchise at this point with the guys that have left the franchise. Kevin Pillar will be there in center field. So let's start there because there was some thought at points this year that, that maybe Pilar wouldn't be there. But now as we sit here in early January, it looks pretty certain that he'll be roaming center field again in Toronto. Yeah, absolutely. And going into this offseason, I had him listed as as a potential non-tender candidate. I mean, he really is getting to that point where the salary is is starting to become a little bit questionable for the production. Um, But, you know, on the flip side of this, uh, you know, as you touched on, I mean, he's the longest tenure Blue Jay right now. Uh, I mean, in a lot of ways, uh, you know, he's he's a marketing dream. 
Uh, you know, you'd like to have some of those players around uh, during the rebuild so that the fans have some familiar faces as well. And the fact is, is Kevin Pillar is not blocking anybody at the moment. Uh, you know, the, the most the Blue Jays could have really done there is shift Randall Gritchick to center field and, and opened up a little bit more playing time in the corners. But uh, there's no real prospect who's who's banging the door down to, to demand playing time right now in the outfield. And so I think it made sense on multiple levels to, to bring Pilar back. And, you know, to me, the, the big thing to watch for Pilar this year is, is going to be the defense. I mean, that's that's obviously, you know, how he's he's made a name for himself. But, uh, you know, surprisingly last year, uh, you know, the the, the overall stats weren't particularly kind to him in the outfield. I mean, he went from uh, 15 de- defensive run saves in, uh, in 2017 to minus two last year. Uh, that's not really what you expect from a gold glove caliber guy like Polar. And so, you know, watching his range and, you know, his first step is, is going to be interesting now as he gets into, you know, the middle stages of his career. And he might not be quite the, the plus asset he was with the glove that he was in the past. But, you know, offensively, I think for the most part, everyone knows what he is. He's, he's a guy who doesn't really like to take a walk. Uh, he's going to put the ball in play a lot but he's going to hit for uh, you know a relatively low average and a relatively low OBP and he's going to try to make up the extra value in the field and on the base pass and he's also a guy when you talk about the defense and the spectacular plays he makes um, from a stat cast position and from an analytics point he isn't um, he's not as liked through those numbers as he is by just watching the highlights yeah, no, it, it's true. Uh, and that's the, that's the thing with him, especially over the last year or so. And, and then even going back before that, I mean, there, there were, you know, there were some critics out there who, who would say that, you know, he might get more attention for those highlight real plays, but, you know, some other center fielders out there might be able to, to make that play standing up. And uh, there, there's no question that the eye test, at least. Uh, there was a bit of a drop off this year defensively for him. And, and, you know, that's going to happen as guys get later into their careers. But, uh, you know, that, that is always going to be his calling card. He's going to need to be a glove first type guy in order to, to secure his spot in, in the major leagues. And, you know, for, for now he gets another look as the, the everyday center fielder. And that, that probably isn't going to change this season. Uh, but, you know, as you look forward to again next year, he's going to still probably be one of those non-tender type guys that you look at just because the, the cost in, in arbitration keeps going up and up. All right, let's move over to right field now. Randall Grichik made the move to the Blue Jays in 2018. And he's a guy who can play center field as well a little bit, but he'll be out in right field what do the Blue Jays kind of expect from Grichik? Because he's a guy who shows flashes of really being a great player, both at the plate and in the field. And then he seems to have these prolonged slumps as well. Yeah, he really does. And, you know, last year was really a tale of two seasons for him. Uh, I mean, the first month that he had with the Blue Jays was was awful, frankly. Uh, I mean, there were at, at that time, Teoscar Hernandez was still in the minor leagues. Uh, you know, fans and media alike were, were kind of calling for his promotion and, uh, you know, at that time, it looked like the Blue Jays might even have to cut ties with Grichik. He was out of options. They didn't really have much to, that they were able to do with him. Uh, you know, thankfully, almost for them, uh, he ended up getting hurt. And, and that provided him with some much needed time away. And, and when he came back being in June, he was really a completely different player uh, the rest of the way. And you can make the case that, you know, just alongside Justin Smoke, o- over those final three, four months, he was he was the club's uh, most valuable player. And so, uh, you know, for him, I think coming back is he's looking for that consistency that you're talking about. I mean, because because he went through those bouts where in, in uh, St. Louis before joining Toronto, where, uh, you know, he'd show those flashes. I mean, he's a guy who's hit you know 20 home runs before, uh, you know, he's in he has that type of potential. 
but those prolonged slumps and those prolonged slumps that, that come with an awful lot of strikeouts are, are pretty concerning. And so, you know, I think one thing to keep an eye on him uh, this year is I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if the Blue Jays give him a few more starts in center field. Uh, you know, Kevin Pillar is known as being one of the most durable guys in the game. But I, I think as we go through this outfield and as we eventually touch on left field, uh, the Jays are really going to kind of need to come through with a, a four-man rotation here in order to get everybody enough at bats. Uh, and so I think you'll see a little bit of center field from Gritchick this year. But for the most part, he'll continue to be that everyday guy in right. And, uh, you know, he's going to he's going to hit right in the middle of that order, uh, probably behind Justin Smoke in, in, in the lineup. All right, let's move over to left field because that's going to be one of the fun positions, I think, come spring training from a competition standpoint. Um, you have Teoscar Hernandez, who you mentioned, who was obviously had some huge moments in 2018. Um, Billy McKinney's another guy who seems like he's been a prospect forever, not with the Blue Jays, but um, with the Cubs. And he's, he's kind of moved around a little bit. Currently number 18 on the Blue Jays list. Those numbers will be updated here in the next couple of months on Pipeline. But um Let's talk about that position. Let's start with Teoscar Hernandez because he did have some moments in 2018. What does he have to do to win that job? He really needs to to look like he can be competent in left field. I mean, it really comes down to that. I mean, last year and, and the year before as well, but especially last year, um, the defensive side of the game for him uh, really was questionable at best. I mean, and you could see it. Uh, in terms of the confidence that he was lacking out there, it was almost like you could see the mentality where he was almost dreading the ball getting hit to him in left field. And there were some routine fly balls that simply uh, bounced off his glove. Uh, there were multiple times where he lost the ball in the lights or simply couldn't just get on it. Uh, and, and it severely cost the Blue Jays. And for a long time, they had to go, uh, you know, without putting him out there at all. And so, you know, I think the focus right now is, is getting him back uh, in terms of his confidence level to, to an acceptable level and left. And uh, because he should be fine out there. I mean, all he needs to do is play an average left field. His, his arm actually is a plus arm that's never changed. Uh, he can make up for some of his lack of range with that. Uh, but overall, he just needs to make the easy plays because the bat is what appeals so much to the Blue Jays. I mean, this is, he has an awful lot of power in that bat. He, he struggles to make contact enough. Uh, that's where he needs to work on uh, kind of offensively. Uh, but still, that home run potential is going to get him in that lineup, whether it's in left field, right field, DH. The Blue Jays will find the at-bats for him uh, as long as the glove kind of justifies the means. And that's really what he struggled with each of the last two years. All right. And then there's Billy McKinney. Um, is it all about spring training for him? How much of the Blue Jays, how much do they like him since he's joined the franchise? Yeah, and, you know, I, th I think the thing that McKinney has going for him is he offers a bit of a different skill set than what the Blue Jays have elsewhere. Uh, I mean, he's a guy who's going to put the ball in play. Um, you don't think of him as a home run threat, but you think of him as a guy who can hit the gaps, um, a high OBP guy who can who can work a deep deep count. Uh, I mean, the Blue Jays have an awful lot of swing and miss in their lineup right now. And, um, you know, if Teoscar Hernandez is getting every day at bats in left field, then it just gives them even more of that. And so, uh, you know, in a lot of ways, uh, he's kind of the exact type of player uh, that the Blue Jays kind of need. I mean, to me, he's always, he's always remind me a little bit of Brett Gardner uh, and the Blue Jays kind of need a player like that. Uh, and he's potentially an option to hit at the top of the lineup. I mean, this is a team that doesn't really have uh, traditional number one or even number two hitter. And that's not going to change even when Vladimir Guerrero comes up here. Uh, so they're looking for a little bit of a different skill set. And so I think, uh, you know, regardless of what happens in spring training, whether or not he wins the bulk of the at-bats in left field, 
you know, I think you're going to see him, both of those guys in the 25 man roster. I think the Jays are going to go with that four man outfield. Neither one of those guys has really anything left to prove in the minor leagues. So even if they're not getting every day at bats, I think the benefit of having them up there facing big league pitching uh, kind of outweighs the idea of, of sending them down and getting more at bats because they've had plenty of time to develop already. So those four guys make a lot of sense as far as the outfield goes come opening day, but there are other players coming up as well. Anthony Alford is the number five prospect in the Blue Jays system. He's a guy that got a late start to baseball because he was a multi-sport athlete. Um, They like him a lot. Talk about where he is right now and, and when can we expect him to be up in Toronto? Almost similarly to Hernandez, I mean, I think there's a psychological element to this one as well. And that's something that inside the Blue Jays organization, they've they've kind of admitted a little bit. I mean, Anthony Alford really struggled in 2018. I mean, a lot of people would have figured that last year was was the year that he was going to break into the, the big leagues kind of permanently and, and find, a, find a full-time home there. The Blue Jays had some openings in the outfield last year. He had plenty of opportunity to come up and seize that. Uh, but the numbers in Buffalo just never really justified it. I mean, he got off to a really bad start uh, you know there's some early injuries but then that carried on to some struggles at the plate and then I think what happened there is you know the thing that happens to a lot of baseball players when you, when you start getting into those middle summer months and your numbers on the scoreboard uh, aren't close to, to where you want them to be uh, then you can't help but but you know, trying harder almost. And that can be bad in in baseball because you start pressing a little bit more, you start gripping the bat a little bit tighter and things really kind of seem to snowball on you. And I think that's what happened to Anthony Alford. So I think more than it may be anybody in the Blue Jays organization, he needed an off season away uh, a few months to clear his head, come back into spring training and start looking like the guy he did a couple of years ago. And, you know, even though he's coming off a down year, what you touched on is the reason why the Blue Jays shouldn't, uh, you know, be quick to, quick to cut bait here. I mean, he was only really a full-time baseball player since 2015. I mean, former college quarterback. Uh, he's still trying to make up for lost time. And at some point in time, that will stop being an excuse, but there's no reason to stop making it one right now. I mean, he has every opportunity to, to come in and start for Buffalo early next year. And then, you know, his performance will dictate how soon he gets to Toronto. I mean, he's already been up to the Blue Jays a couple of times. Nothing's stopping from him from coming up early and one month into the season if he gets off to a hot start at Buffalo. It's, some of that's going to depend on how the other outfielders are performing, but the job and playing time is going to be there for him to win if, if the performance justifies the means. Is there a way that all five of those guys can fit onto this roster with the use of the DH and, and Teoscar Hernandez in that role maybe at times? I think short term there is I, this year. I, I certainly think the Blue Jays can get creative and find ways to do that. Long term, it's it's less realistic. I think. I mean, this will be the final year that Morales is, is in Toronto, so it does open the DH spot up long term. But you know, ultimately, the the Jays can't have this many uh, prospects on on the roster long term. So that eventually, that's going to probably involve you know either the Blue Jays choosing one of you know McKinney or Hernandez. Maybe they ultimately decide that Hernandez is going to be more of a long term fitted. DH. Uh, You know, that's a possibility as well. Uh, They can get creative for this year where everybody can get enough at bats, but long-term, you know, ultimately I think the the goal is going to be to to try and settle on on three more kind of full-time starters. 
All right. It should be interesting to watch, and it's great to see more and more of these young players coming up. And obviously, when we get to the infield part of this team, we'll have even more of those prospects to talk about the real high-end guys and Vladimir Guerrero Jr., Bo Bichette, and company. All right. That's going to do it for this edition of the pod. You can follow Gregor on Twitter at GregorMLB. I'm there at MLB underscore McMaster. You can find all of our MLB Extras Club podcast at MLB.com backslash podcast. Also on Google Play, also on Apple Podcasts, basically anywhere you get your podcasts, you can find us. For Gregor Chisholm, I'm Tim McMaster. Thanks for listening. 